It's nice to be here. God is good. All the time, our God is good. Let's start today's worship with a word of prayer. Living Father, we just worship you. The great I am, we worship you. The King of glory, we worship you. The Lord who dwells in light, unapproachable, we worship you. We lift your name on high. We will worship you. If we stop to worship you, even the stones, the trees, everything that you created, the creation will worship you. We choose to worship you today, Lord. So we gather deliberately to offer our worship to you. Please accept it. Let it be a sweet-smelling sacrifice unto your holy throne today. In the name of Jesus. So thank you, Father, as we worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God.
Good morning, church. Yeah. I always like to give the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe, beyond what we can see or imagine. Let's give him a round of applause. Come on, church, we can do better. I 
our Father is the King. And we come here to worship him today. So when we give an ovation to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, it is appropriate because he deserves it. Do we know that the reason for our creation is to worship God? So when we do that, we're just doing what we need to do. It should come naturally. We shouldn't hesitate. In our Father's house, we should feel the freedom to praise, to worship, to lift our hands, to dance, to do whatever we choose to do because he's our Father and he expects that from us. Hallelujah. Announcements. Today, there is no pictures, nothing. Uh, COVID is tamed, so <laughs> we are okay. Say, I am okay. <laughs> So, Monday, we have a prayer meeting on the Zoom between 9 a.m. to about 10 a.m. So, if you're able to join that, that would be great. On Wednesdays, we do Zoom prayer meeting as well, 7 p.m. In, in the evening. So, the link is always in your email. So, check your emails and just click on the link and it should connect you automatically on Zoom. Uh, Vision Sunday was supposed to be today, but uh, our pastor is not feeling great at this time, hence you have me here, so it will take place when Stevie comes back. But next week, we'll be having Fred Drummond from uh, Evangelical Alliance of uh, Scotland, and we look forward to him sharing on Sunday, so... Sorry, you'll be missing Stevie if a bit furthermore, but it is well. Uh, you don't need to worry about Stevie. He's doing okay. Yeah. But uh, just to recover fully, he's not here today with us. Hallelujah. So, today, I'll be talking on the topic you have up there. Let faith arise. Let faith arise. Are you downtrodden? Are you feeling left out? Are you in a place where you don't really want to be? Are you feeling lonely? Let your faith arise. I added there, say, a battle belongs to the Lord. So no matter what you think you're going through today, and you feel downcast, and you feel lost, or you feel... I'm looking forward to that healing. It's not happening yet. Oh, I'm financially not up to spec. The battle belongs to the Lord. You don't need to worry. Let's see what we can explore this morning. So the message I bring this morning is a message of hope. Hope to know that we are not alone. God promised, I'm with you, even unto the end of the age. Hallelujah. Abraham had faith in God. So does David, Job. All through the Old Testament, we have a lot of people who exercised their hope in the face of something traumatic or some kind of problem, and they went through it. Esther, Deborah, so that it doesn't sound like I'm favoring just guys, you know. We have... Both genders in the Bible doing exploits for God and standing firm and their faith doing things that makes, that sounds like magic, but it's miracle. It's God's hand working in their lives. Why? Because they stand for what they believe in. And it happens. Mary had faith in God. So does Elizabeth. Many men and women in the Bible who had faith. So I will say to you this morning, stand firm. Stay awake. Hold on to your faith. Be brave. Be strong. For the Lord your God is with you. Now 
I will start off this morning on a story that Stevie spoke about recently in a program. It's a story of a woman who had an issue of blood. This story is taken from Matthew 9, verse 20 onwards. It says, a woman who had suffered from severe bleeding for 12 years came up behind Jesus and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if only I could touch his cloak, I will get well. Jesus turned around and saw her and said, courage, my daughter, your fate has made you well. At that very moment, she became well. That's an amazing faith. Stevie was telling us about the circumstances that this woman was facing the other day. In the then Israel, if you have issue of blood, you're considered unclean. You cannot mingle with anybody. You cannot even mingle with your family. You are separated from everybody. So for 12 years, this woman has been lonely. Apart from the issue she was facing of physical illness in her body, mentally she was going through torture, nonstop, blood flowing. Ladies, you know what it takes. I don't know. But rags upon rags upon food that she needs to eat to recover, I can only imagine what this woman would have gone through for 12 years. And she woke up this day and she heard about Jesus. And she knew beyond doubt in her heart that if only not even speak to him not even make myself visible to him if only I could touch the edge of his garment I'm assuming this woman will be poor because she doesn't have anybody coming close to her resources would have dried out she now had this glimmer of hope that if I could touch the hem of his garment. So she made up her mind. I'm going to defy all the odds. I'm going to go through the people I don't care today. Today is my day. I'm going to reach out to him. I'm going to touch him. And her faith was activated. She was filled with hope, with knowledge that only if I touch him, then I get my healing. Other accounts of the, because there are various accounts. The one we read is the Matthew. The Mark one says, when she touched him, Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? And the disciples went, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> people are surrounding you every side, Jesus. What do you mean who touched you? There are lots of people crawling around you, reaching out to you here. But they call us, they turn around. I did did she say? And Jesus turned around with compassion and said, your faith has healed you. We have mountains in our lives that seems like we cannot overcome. We have that persistent thing that is bothering us so much. And we think it is impossible. And we have prayed for the whole day it has not happened. We have prayed the whole week it's not happened. We have prayed one whole month it's not happening. And we thought, oh, God is not hearing me. How far could you have been from the truth? This woman has been desiring for her health to return for 12 years. 
our timing is not the same as God's timing. In his own time, he makes all things beautiful. Persistent prayer is what is demanded of us. He says, pray continually. So because you have not received the answer yet, does not mean your prayer is not answered. Because the way God is doing things is different from yours. So I'm going to bring another story in here to tell you how God works his own things. That we may not be able to understand it from our perspective because we want instant answer. But God is working things behind the scene for our own good. I tell you the story of uh, Joseph. This is a young man who his father favored him so much, made him a beautiful gown. And he's wearing this beautiful shirt and moving around. And he's favored and his brothers are just going crazy bonkers because dad is in love with this one. So the brothers are in the forest taking care of the cattle and Joseph was in the house learning which was part of what developed him for the role he got in the future. Learning how to read and write and do stuff in the house with his father. And on this day, Come on, Joseph, take food and go and give to your brothers in the forest. And Joseph happily didn't know what was being planned for him. He's dreamt all the good dreams about him being some kind of superstar and father and mother and everything bowing down unto him. And there he comes. And his brothers saw him from afar. And they conjured within their mind the kind of atrocity that none of us should ever even think about. That was a sin If I were God, I wouldn't forgive. But of course, our God is merciful. The same race, the same race that uh, the Jewish people today. And they conjured in their heart, we are going to kill him. And one of his brothers, I think that one was Reuben or something like that. And he went, no, 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 no. It's not right. Let's find something else. And he was thinking of how to protect his brother. But he had a number against him. So he, all he could do is try to find a way to keep him alive. Oh, let's just throw him into the, into, the, into the dry well. Joseph came to feed them, brought food for them. But in their anger, they just want to do away with him, kill him. They forgot that this is their blood brother. But God is working something there. In the face of his difficulty, in him being thrown into the well, being taken out of the well, sold to slavery, God was working a plan behind for Joseph. He was preparing him through all difficulties and learning to become one of the greatest men that ever existed on earth. The background to the story that we saw through the whole story is that Joseph remained faithful. Tempted by most beautiful woman, all adorned, all powerful. Nothing happened. He remained focused and he trusted in the Lord his God. Even in there when he was having this power to reveal stories about people having dreams, he's he's telling this guy, when you go out, don't forget me. Mention me to Pharaoh. The guy went away. Two years later, Joseph was still in the dungeon praying. Have you prayed enough? Is that a reason for you to step back now and say, no, God, I've had enough? Let your faith arise in face of anything you face. Because God's got your back. It may not be your time yet. Like Joseph, it took him some 20-odd years before he matured from being thrown into that pit to when he became the second in command in the whole land of Uh, Egypt and beyond. Because then, Egypt was the kingdom that reigned on earth. Going back to this woman. One faith of touch. And she brought her. So faith is not a wish. It is not a magic portion. 
It is not just hoping and desiring something. Faith is an action that is willed from within. A knowledge that comes, that makes you to realize that this is true. It is not just a fact. It is a knowledge. When you have faith in you, you just know beyond know the things that you have not seen and you know that they exist. Am I making sense? Hebrew 1 describes faith for us. It says faith is a sure confidence of things that are hoped for and a certainty of things that are not seen. We have the confidence for things that we hope for. We hope for healing. We hope that we get that job. We hope that our brother will come to faith. We hope, we hope, we hope. We now know that this hope that we have in us is a reality. Why? Because we have faith in God that this will come to be. Certainty of things that we have not seen yet, but know that it is. It's like the air that we breathe. We don't see it, but we know it is there. Every time we take it in, we feel it. Hallelujah. So, Faith, it is a determined, heartfelt, spirit decision to reach out knowing without an iota of doubt that if I just believe this is. The Bible says with faith we can move mountains. The picture in that verse of the Bible is the disciples were trying to heal uh, somebody of demonic possession. They've seen Jesus done it like, like a thousand times. And they came and out, out, and it's not happening. And Jesus came and he said, Master, we've been trying to cast this demon and it's not going anywhere. Have you guys got no faith? With faith just as little as a mustard seed, you can look onto the mountain and tell it, be thou move from there to there, and it will be done. With faith, we can move the mountain of faith, of, of, of shame. With faith, we can move the mountain of depression. With faith, we can move the mountain of anxiety. With faith, we can move mountains. Just let your faith arise. Build it up gradually. When you lack faith, so who was it that came to Jesus and Jesus says, you have, if, if, do you believe? He said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. So how do we build our faith? When we are downcast, when all that is within our head is struggling to agree with what we want to agree with, which we know is in accordance with God's will, turn to the word, filling yourself day in, day out with the promises of God. Because God says, I value my word above my name. What are we known by except our name? God is putting his words be beyond his own name. So when you imbibe his word and know what he has said, and know that what he says cannot, will not refuse to be, then you take that and you use it in your interest and say, God, you said this. So I know it is, and I know it is, because I know it is. 
That is what faith is. That persistent belief and knowledge that it is what you know it is. Just challenge. That's it. Faith can be counted for you as righteousness. Abraham had faith and it was counted for him as righteousness. So when you have faith, it makes you righteous. It brings you in the right place with God. It makes God to see you in a different light. It creates a bonding between us and our creator. So, that was the verse I was quoting earlier. It's from Matthew 17, 20. You can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Let your faith arise. It is the desire of our God for us to have such a strong faith, a stubborn faith, a faith that is relentless in the face of anything. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. The whole of Philippians 4, you just read it up to 1920. It's beautiful read. When you have time, just take it, read it in Bible. It's beautiful. It tells you what God is doing for you and all that kind of stuff. But this is the part I want us to look more deeply today. It says, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. If you do this, if you do this, experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can begin to understand. This peace makes you not to be troubled. This peace makes you not to see the, 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 the difficulties you're facing, but the bigness of your God. This peace makes you to know you are not alone in any circumstances. This peace makes you to know that what it is, bring it on, I can stand it. Because you have that peace and the knowledge that God is with you. And he, if he is the creator of everything beyond what we can see or imagine, then what is it? He says it and it is. Hallelujah. His peace will guide your hearts, minds, as you live in Christ Jesus. That's an instruction in case we don't get that. There's a requirement that we should live in Christ Jesus. That's a requirement that we should face God and know that he is in charge indeed. And we should know beyond all doubt that he's got our back and that we can foster on in every situation we find ourselves. It says there's no temptation known to man that, that comes to you that is not known to man. But there is this assurance that in every situation, he's able to carry you through. So God has not promised us a life free of sicknesses, of pain, of losing somebody we love or stuff like that. But he has promised that he will not leave us, neither will he forsake us. He is with us in it. that should give us more assurances than any assurance a doctor or uh, anybody can give us. First thing there says, do not worry. So when you worry, take a moment, stop. Simply recognizing 
that those thought forms going in your head are not healthy for you is something that is useful. Who by worrying can add even a single hair to themselves? What does worry accomplish than dampness of spirit and taking you off the weather and wasting your time instead of thinking productively but retrospectively into whatever is bothering? Break that cycle. We must choose, be deliberate, to stop that thought form that is pulling us down. And if we cannot do that, the next phase is faith. You tell God what you need. He said, tell me, pray. In every situation, he says, pray. Why don't you just do that? Just pray. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Hallelujah. Instead of focusing on negative aspects of our lives, Allowing fear to take over our lives. We need to focus on the solution. Do we need wisdom? Ask God for it. Do we need peace in our relationships? Ask God for it. Do we need protection from the enemy? Ask God for it. Do you need pay rise to pay your bills? Ask God for it. Do you have anything specific that bothers you, that makes you to worry? Ask God. Or ask him simply to give you wisdom to go through all this. For he will show you exactly what you need to do. Ultimately, God is the solution to all our problems. And after you've prayed... Thank God for all he has done. A thankful heart does not worry. A thankful heart is always in a right place. A thankful heart does not have any ill feeling going on. When you are thankful, you're just in the right place, basically. So in everything, be thankful to God. Thank God for all he has done. I'm sure we've had, all had experiences somewhere, sometime, when somebody comes and says, thank you for what you've done. You can imagine that feeling. That feeling is inherited from our Father, our God Almighty. So when you come back to him and say, thank you, it feels great. So what exactly has God done for you? Has he saved you? Has he rescued you? Has he loved you? Has he brought you out of a pit? Has he healed you? Has he given you that promotional job? Has he provided you with that new job? Has he given you a grandchild? Has he given you a husband or a wife? What is it that you asked and it has happened? There, were, there was an occasion where uh, lepers, 10 lepers came and they came to Jesus. Only one came back to give thanks. And this one was commended for what he has done. Our God promises to perfect everything that concerns you. Perfection means taking away all the negative aspects of it and leaving you with all the good aspects of everything that comes to you. What is the result of having this staunch, unshaken faith? It brings peace. Peace is a word that is that compasses a lot of stuff in it. 
peace goes hand in hand with joy. It goes hand in hand with laughter. It goes hand in hand with accomplishment. It goes hand in hand with excellence. It goes hand in hand with every good thought. Just think of anything good and see, and you take peace out of that place, that thing breaks into pieces. So when you have peace that God gives, that's a phenomenal thing. And the peace that God gives, he says, it passes anything that we can even understand. So when our, as Christians, people are struggling and we go with smiles still on our face, it is not because we are not going through the same thing, but because we have something greater in us, which is the peace of God. Let faith arise. Be encouraged. If you have tried everything else and it's failed, try this. Take a few moments, go to somewhere quiet. Begin to thank God. Love him from your heart. Let your spirit flow, spirit to spirit. Let everything else go. Every rancor, every sadness, every pain. Let it go in that moment of thankfulness. Reach out to him for that deliverance, for that salvation, for that small gift, for even you being able to eat. Do we know that there are some people who exist right now and they don't have any feeling in their mouth? They cannot eat through the mouth. They have to go through something, dug into their tummy and they pumping fluids in. But today we can eat. People cannot see colors, nothing. Absolute darkness, nonstop. Today you can see. Don't tell me you don't have any reason to thank God. Because there are thousand and one reasons for us to thank God. Take yourself into that place of thankfulness. And begin to let your spirit run with the spirit of God. Begin to perceive him as he wants you to feel him. Begin to know that he is indomitable and he is able to do what he wants to do. So bring him to your side. By having faith in him. Without faith, it is impossible for us to please God. And like I said before, if you lack faith, then the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. God's word activates faith. So when you are struggling, when you are unable to carry yourself based on your past knowledge and all that, turn to the word of God. Read. Be deliberate in yourselves. Because the devil knows how to do, believe me. When you just go and you're downcast and you just pick a page, stick my finger in and open to read, he can direct you in the wrong place. So be sure to be deliberate to go for the verses that will edify you and uplift you. Don't feel resentment towards life. Don't feel resentment towards others. Do not feel resentment towards God. This is a work of the devil. And he tries to drag you down with him. So what he does is he put these ideas, these worries, these anxieties in your heart to begin to look down on what you have accomplished and what God has done for you. We must not allow ourselves to take refuge behind disappointments, failure, shame, or pain. Let our faith arise even in face of bereavement. Let our faith arise even in the face of divorce. Let our faith arise in face of broken relationships. Let our faith arise in face of financial loss. Let our faith arise in, in, in the face of physical setbacks, in face of depression, anger, resentment, or disappointment. Let our faith arise. For by grace we have been saved through faith. It's not by our doing. 
And when we hold on to that faith, the knowledge of God within us, then it is beautiful. We overcome. But we walk by faith, not by sight. So when all the trouble around you seems to be overwhelming, close your eyes. Set your mind straight. Our God is good. He is faithful. God bless us. Amen. So I pray for us before we just close, if that's all right. Living Father, we just bless you, Lord. For you are a good, good God. And we trust in you completely. We know that you got us. We know that you take care of all that concerns us. We know that worry and problems are not from you. But that in all situations, you take care of us. And so we bow our head in worship and we keep our eyes focused on you. Knowing that in all in all, you So as the week starts, we pray, Lord, you be with us. You guide us. Those that are watching us online, we pray your blessings upon them. And Father, I pray that you kindle that light in those who are still struggling in their faith. That they may come to know you and know you properly. We just bless you today, Lord. Thank you, living God, for making us your children and blessing us in so many ways. For in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So I say, church, God bless you. God keep you. May God let his face to shine upon you. And may he grant you peace. Amen. Have a nice week. <laughs>